Ticket Volume brings you two icons of our industry. One has 18 years of experience as the CEO of ITSM Academy and is also co-founder of XLA Colab, the DevOps Institute, and many more. And our other guest today has been president of Pink Elephant for over 30 years and prior to that cut his teeth as an IT trainer under the mentorship of Mr. Malcolm Fry. Welcome to Ticket Volume, news and information for improving IT experiences. I'm your host, Matt Barron, and this podcast is powered by Invigate, a global leader in IT service and asset management software. Each week, we bring on fresh IT industry leaders to explore service management, technology, and anything related to that. This episode is no different. Consider subscribing now. Let's begin. Welcome to Ticket Volume, Lisa Schwartz and David Radcliffe. Thank you so much, Hello, Matt. How are you doing? Pleased to be here. Good yeah, to see you both. To see you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to be here. And I really like what we're here for today because you've got a new announcement. You're launching a new course together. Is that right? Well, the, the, course, the course has been, uh, it's a certification that's been developed by professional designations. And we both like the idea and we've jumped on the opportunity to d develop and co-develop actually uh, a course that goes with it. So, yeah. It is, it's a new thing for us. We've never co-developed with anyone before. Well, I suppose in the early days with ITIL, uh, there was a bit of that. But uh, more recently, it's not something we've done for, for such a long time. Yeah, so it's a bit of an interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's really unique to see two training organizations working together. So, Lisa, talk about it a little bit. What's going on here? Well, <clears throat> we just thought, you know, Dave and I have conversations occasionally a couple times a year. And we were seeing and hearing a lot of the same things from our learners and alumni. And we felt like there was really a missing gap of core knowledge um, around incident problem change. Uh, you know, not, not everyone um, who's in the service management space has been in it as long as we all have. And, you know, so that sort of essentials kind of knowledge was really missing and our clients were really needing it. And a lot became more apparent even during the pandemic. Um, so David and I were having a random conversation and I told him we were, and he said, well, our team's also. And so we've been able to co-create with their team globally. And it's been a great experience. I've got a great project manager kind of running it. I, I love how many service management experts are involved. So we've been able to pull in a lot of our community and network to participate, you know, so project managers asking things like, when you're in the classroom, what questions are you really getting? Um, and so we're building this based on um, trainers, consultants, and our clients, and what they're telling us the most important things are. So it's, it's coming out to be a banging great class, and we're super excited about it. You know what, what Lisa, what Lisa just said there is cool. I, I didn't think of it that way, but you're absolutely right, Lisa is we went out to uh, all of our uh, friendly consultants and associates around the world and we said to them, what are the most frequently asked questions you get when you're teaching and consulting and service management? And I don't know what the final number was we got back, but it's dozen, many dozens, if not hundreds, of frequently asked questions. So uh, we use that as the basis for uh, developing some formal training and uh, those questions all address the certification from PDC. 
And so, yeah, it's, it's exactly what Lisa says. It's what our customers have been asking us to do, which is provide them guidance at the coal face. I'm from the northeast of England, and coal mining was what all that everyone ever did when I was a kid. So I use the term coal face. At the coal face is what people do every day when they're at work. Uh, not the not not so much of the planning, not so much of the strategy, not so much of the defining value and all of that stuff that you get from all the other good frameworks. Uh, it's really how do you work with the activities and processes and capabilities at at the coal face at the at the incident problem. You know, Lisa said incident problem change. We have a couple of guys, I think you know, George Spaulding and Troy the Moulin, and, and they talk about the incident problem and change dance, mm-hmm. which is like a thing, right? That's yeah. what organizations do is they have to manage incidents, problems, and changes. They're all clearly closely related. But the mm-hmm. current guidance out there, whether it's COBIT, ISO, ITIL, Verisim, IT for IT, all these frameworks – they give you, they, they, they admit that there, there is a need for this guidance, but there's not always the practical uh, guidance that follows up. It's, it's presented as more what you see in a book, more theory. So we're looking to provide practical guidance here. And in I fact, the important thing, Matt, is uh, what we're going to come up with at the end of this is going to be applicable to anyone, no matter where you are, because... If you're a, if you're a COVID evangelist, is that the word? If you're evangelist, a, yeah, if you're evangelist. If you're a, an idol, you know, fan, fan boy, fan girl, whatever, whatever model you follow, the guidance we're going to provide is going to fit right in there because they all contain this stuff. But I love this. It makes so it much sense to have yeah. that. It yeah. makes so much sense to have that practical level. Um, yeah. You know, I remember going through uh, trainings in, in some of these frameworks and there there never was a thing about how to just provide good service, how to talk with people, how to be on a service desk. And so it's great that you're creating yeah. this procedure yeah. level, like not not esoteric, not theory based, but practically based. So you yeah. you sort of indicate, is this another model? Is this are you coming up with something new or is this? Aligning with something else, what is it? Is it everything? Isn't it? Isn't it amazing that somebody we're going to brag that we're not creating anything new? <laughs> we're not creating anything new. We're actually uh, providing, you know, uh, concentrated guidance, drawing from all of the things we've just said a few times. You know, so no, it's not a new model. This is actually the activities that people do no matter which model you follow in your organization everybody does change management right have you come across an it organization at invigate that doesn't do change management no or incident management they might have you do them all more recently got switched on the problem because they didn't understand problem was different from incident but once you've had a little (laughs) bit of knowledge you learn that you learn that that's a different thing, right? Everybody does this stuff, but do mm-hmm. they do it consistently? Do they, do they do it well? Do they know what quality means in these areas? You know, do they measure and do they track? Do they, do they have a way of explaining to their boss that we're doing a good job, no matter what's happening? You're not investing in the infrastructure. That's the problem. We're doing a good job down here. 
Mm-hmm. But we've, we've got ways of helping people with, with those issues and challenges they face every day. Yeah, it's all about that common language, common lexicon, because you're doing problem management, whether you call it that or not. It's a service desk agent who's tired of solving the same thing a thousand times. They're going to eventually try to fix it at the root cause, of course. Um, So great. Good for you. Paul Wilkinson will be very happy that you are not creating yet another shiny shiny new thing. thing. (laughs) We as an industry are very thankful you are not creating a shiny new thing. But now what I'd like to do is just turn our conversation just a little bit because you've both been in this industry for a long time. You've both been training for a long time or leading training organizations for a long time. I would love to get what perspective or advice you would give to our audience Um, especially new people that are coming in and trying to figure out what they should be learning as well as some of the existing people. Like where, where should I be spending my time? Where does it make sense to to spend most of my time? Lisa, David and I are both going to start with books, but I'll let him talk to that because if there's one person I know (laughs) who maybe is more passionate about that than I am is Dave Radcliffe. Um, You know, there's so much available to us today. So it is not a, a lack of content, if you will, it is trying to get to the content that, that really matters. So, you know, when, when Mm -hmm. new people are starting inside of their service management organization, one of the things we always recommend our clients is to have a mentorship program, I, I think. And, you know, there were so many organizations that were doing great mentorship programs for so many years. And I think that's one of the things that I've seen has sort of come out of uh, fashion, if you will. And Mm -hmm. I know for one organization we work with, they really stopped doing it because the kids came in with different skill kids. The newest generation into the workforce came in with so many different skills that the experienced mentors were getting questions they weren't comfortable answering anymore. So not only a Hmm. mentorship program, but have mentors that have five, 10, 10, 15 years tenure not just the folks that are, are you know, um, looking at what their retirement date is. <laughs> Good point. Hey, I don't mind. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I usually ask in the room, is there anybody here from Pink Elephant, just to make sure I don't create any waves, because the thing I'm not going to say next is the best value education is actually buying and reading a book. You know, you spend a lot of money, hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars on a training course, but, you know, for $20, $30, $50 or whatever, even the ITIL books, you know, they're great value for money. And, uh, you know, you learn a lot from that. You know, it's a good grounding, gives you all of the lexicon you were mentioning, uh, Matt. And so that's the first thing is, uh, you know, if you want to further your knowledge, begin, you know, begin in a small way like that. And then that will help you to focus in on, well, what do I need to dig down and learn more about? And then if you need, that's when you can get a, a mentor, you can, as Lisa says, or you may pick, maybe pick a training class, a self-study or an instructor-led class or whatever. But the other thing is at the other end of the spectrum, the people who buy training, the people who buy and justify training, I just wish they would do their preparation. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm really talking about our customers here is that they, you know, they it's whatever the flavor of the day is, is we've got to catch up on and we've got to make sure we don't fall behind. And yet there's not a lot of thought put into, well, what are you going to get out of this and why is it important? And so, um, you know, hopefully when you send your team on a training cl- 
class or you bring someone in to teach your team, you've got an you've got an output in mind. You've got something in mind, which is what are they going to do different when they come back to work? Mm-hmm. You know, what what seriously are they going to do different? Um, and if you don't have anything in mind, like why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Right? Why are you doing yeah. this? And ultimately, when people come back to work, two things should happen in the ideal world. They, they do things differently. Uh, by doing things differently, the different things they're doing, hopefully, are the right things and the business benefits. There's business results that are what you're striving for. Unfortunately, what tends to happen is people go on training because their resume is short of a few acronyms or because, you know, it's their turn for training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, 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 you know, they, they just, you know, they, we've got some money to spend. And, and you know what, you might think that in the business that, that I'm in, I'd, I'd just be grateful for whatever comes our way, no matter what the reason. But, you know, when you, when you, when you set your life chart chart your life out to do what I'm doing, I want to be valued for what we deliver, right? I want people to get something out of it that's going to be useful. And it's not a pers- just a personal thing. It's an organizational mm-hmm. thing. I want mm-hmm. the organization to benefit for spending the money. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in charge, anyone out there, and you're in charge of sending people on training courses, think about where are the gaps? What is it we need to do in, in terms of change behavior? Or maybe change in attitude, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's something about their thinking. You want people to think differently, but hopefully that translates into a different behavior back at work, which will result in better results. I agree, David. There's so many organizations that, you know, will call up and say, we want to put 200 people through a insert uh, framework foundation class. And, you know, our, mm-hmm. our whole team says, why? Not, okay, let me get out my pen and write it down. I don't want for our clients to spend $200 teaching, giving everyone basically a driver's license in a framework and not, and instead we should be taking that, that budget and working with them and allowing them to put some people through advanced classes. You know, you got to get people to, to know how to build the bridges and the roads that all these drivers are going on. Um, and you know, there's probably some of that that can be handled through, you know, we do it in a really old school racy chart still. Um, you know, how many people really just need to be informed? And if they need to be informed, do they really need a whole three-day training class? Or, you know, are we instead going to end up with a model of 90 people go through foundation and X amount of people go through and some people go to advance? So, you know, we like to see that because we agree with David. It's really frustrating, although it's, it's nice for business, but it is really frustrating to watch people go through different initiatives and they don't have the tools set in place, not maybe the individual learners, but as an organization to be able to achieve that return on investment. So that's such a good metaphor. You know, don't, don't go to a class to get your driver's license. If you're going to be riding a bike all day and um, leaders (laughs) and program managers, they need to understand like, what, what are we going through as an organization? And, and I think your, your advice kind of in my mind, immediately I'm thinking, Anyone who's buying training should also be taking that training to understand how their team can apply it to their jobs 
and to help them enable that. I know we don't all have a lot of time to spend on uh, everything that we want to, but you end up having to make that time so that you, you can understand where they're coming from and make sure that you're going to get that outcome that you're looking for. I don't know if you guys yeah. are familiar That's with there. ATD, the Association of Talent Development, but they do the Employee Learning Week every November. So we always, not always, but this year again, we'll be doing some sponsorship and, and things around that to help support that group and that initiative. Because, you know, even really large organizations with great competency in their L&D departments have trouble um, answering particular ROI questions about some training. And, and I'd rather, mm -hmm. you know, I'd rather do the training in a place where I know, listen, our slogan is educate and inspire. We're not just trying to get people to pass an exam. We're trying to help people go back. And even if it's just that much, make things a little bit better. Love it. Yeah. And you know, can I just mention one more little tip? If you're giving people tips about how to do education or training, by the way, you know the difference between education and training, right? Yes, Malcolm, we do. And they use some, <laughs> we do, you know the difference? So education, you learn some knowledge and training, you learn how to apply that knowledge. Mm. Um, and you actually do something, you actually get something done. And the way I like to think about that working in our business is, you know, most people think of Pink Elephant as, you know, the ITIL training company, which we're very proud of. And ITIL as a, as a set of uh, guidance and practices and capabilities is probably the creme de la creme in our industry and provides all of that description of what you should be doing, you know, from the top down. Uh, the detail might, might still be, you know, could be improved, could be, and that's what we're looking to do with the new course that we're developing. We're looking to support ITIL and all the other frameworks. But what happens when you get someone like, say, a senior manager or uh, maybe not so much a CIO whose times are valuable, but, you know, senior, really senior people in, in charge of dozens of people and teams, get them to start thinking from a business perspective. That's an old ITIL term, by the way. You get them to think from a business perspective. They can read the ITIL books. That's great. They get the knowledge now of what we should be doing. But how do you then practice that? Where does the training come in? And there's very little in the way of training, right? And so you're learning some theory and you're thinking, how do I apply that? Well, a couple of things have happened in our industry in the last 10 years or so. One of them is we got people, smart people like uh, Gene Katkin and George Spafford and others who wrote these books, which are storylines like the Phoenix Project, right? where you actually see how the context of stuff like ITIL gets applied in a real organization, or it seems like a real organization. The other thing, though, which is what I'm a huge fan of, is the simulation-type learning experiences that, particularly an organization like Gaming Works, Paul Wilkinson and Jan Schilt, I just love their products. I'm very, very jealous. I've always loved them. And I've even said to customers, you know, I'd, I'd, if I was a CIO again, now, I had a real job because what I'm doing now is not a real job. It's, it's, uh, it's not a real job like IT, folks. If I was a CIO again, the first place I'd spend money after buying a few books is on those simulations mm -hmm. and learning how to, to make mistakes without risking anything yep. and learn from doing, learning from doing. So, you know, read your idle books, read your Verisim, uh, read your 
IT for IT, MOF, your Microsoft Operations Framework, look at a standard for IT service management like ISO 20,000. There's all, that's all great stuff, but it doesn't teach you how to make, how to avoid the mistakes of just following the theory. Mm-hmm. So get in on some simulations, talk to some smart consultants out there, and like Lisa said, who can mentor you, who can tell you what they've seen elsewhere. You know, the other thing is, is in our industry, there's a lot of smart people out there. And every time we're up in competition against anyone to try and win business, I always say to the customer, look, there's a lot of good people out there. I'm sure these other guys will do a good job for you. You know, what we bring to the table, and then I go down our unique selling points, you know, our size and our scope and our flexibility and, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I just wish people was more focus on the practical side of uh, Mm -hmm. what we teach people and how we can let them make mistakes without destroying anything and uh, learn from those mistakes, right? Yes. You know, all of our consultants got put through the one of the, like the, some of those simulations, the one at a strategic level, they call grab at pizza. This is a gaming work simulation. It's about how do you salvage a failing pizza organization? You know, I won't say the names. We all know who those uh, pizza kind of, you know, fast food guys are. But imagine they're failing. How would you how would you fix that? And there's all this business relationship management and organizational change stuff that comes out and you learn how to do it. At the lower level, the original one they developed was based on Apollo 13. And, uh, you know, how do you fix incidents and problems and roll out changes? And when we put all of our trainers and consultants through that simulation about 20 years ago when it was first developed, they all crashed and burned, man. Yeah. Apollo 13 didn't get back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And yet and yet they've got they've got all of the rules in their head from the theory of how mm-hmm. do you manage and define and communicate changes uh, incidents and escalate them and, and identify problems and work on those problems, use your creativity and your heuristic skills, and then how do you roll out changes and co- keep communicating? Now they just go at it at best efforts. And they forget all the theory. But when you do it and you see the mistakes you make, you start to realize why what appears to be theory is a good idea. It's mm. just actually now making sure you put it into practice. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And when you read things like the DevOps Handbook and Accelerate, those books that are yeah. by uh, Nicole Forsgren, Dr. Nicole Forsgren and Gene Kim, you start to connect the theory to the story <laughs> and that experiential simulation just takes it that next step you know you can yeah. learn the lesson see it being applied read about it being applied and then apply it in a in a safe zone yeah. and then apply it in your dangerous dangerous environment uh and build something great and see your, your team succeed so i'm gonna put you guys on the spot then because <laughs> you know we share all this altruistic um you should learn for the sake of learning but we did mention at the beginning of this episode that there may be a certification coming here. So talk about that a little bit when it comes to these, these essentials, the service, because I think that's what you're calling ITSM it, right? Service Management Essentials. Is the name of the course. Yep. ITSM Essentials. And, you know, and then is there, there is a, certification? a certification? It is through Professional Designations Corporation, um, which is an independent examination institute who has been specializing in IT-related things. Um, but you know, very, um, like the way that David talks about the process 
for the learners. It's it, it's seamless. It really is. It's it's a seamless experience. So, you know, for a lot of framework exams right now, there's there's a, a, a lot of layers of things on top of it. And so it's, you know, intended to be a really a frictionless environment, a, fric a frictionless experience low, for low our friction. learners. I, I got yeah, to your yeah. word, David. I'm proud of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> low friction. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, the, this certification really underpins uh, everything you learn elsewhere. So if you're into COVID, which a lot of auditors and, you know, the ISOCA organization did a fabulous job of developing the COVID framework. Uh, if you're into, obviously, what Axelos did with ITIL, uh, if you're, you know, in the ver multiple versions of ITIL, because I still am a bit of a fan of version three. In fact, secretly, I'm, a, I'm an ITIL version one fan. That's the main, that's what I, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, ISO 20,000 is a great, is an interesting standard that can help you to, you know, uh, make sure you can validate that you're doing the right things, or at least you know what the right things are, even if you're not doing them properly. Uh, but this underpins all of those. So it doesn't replace anything. It just provides more essential kind of, uh, nitty gritty, <laughs> essential capabilities, right? At, at, at the low level, it doesn't replace anything. It just adds to, it just provides an extra option for people. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it sounds like the certification is very, very simple. Like I've taken the course, I pass an exam of some sort to validate that I've grokked the knowledge. Well, it gives, I, I now contain it. Give, it. It, give, it gives people, it's, it's aimed at the folks, as I said earlier at the call phase, but be more precise in IT. We're talking about people working in support, people working in network operations, mm -hmm. maybe some security guys, maybe some developers, you know, anybody who's working and doing, uh, iterative activities mainly at at the operational level mm -hmm. so they're not they're not strategizing they're not the people who are defining what value means in our organization those are important things that have to be controlled mm -hmm. but there's other people do that right mm -hmm. they're the they're the, the idle managing professionals and the likes right and so are the COVID auditors or the mm -hmm. iso auditors right ISO 20,000. So this is for those folks. That, yeah, this is for those these folks that we've neglected, to be honest. We've neglected these guys. Yes. All we've done is we've said to them, hey, there's a service management framework here called pick ever whichever one you want to call. And this is what it looks like completely. Your boss does most of this work up here and you're affected down there. But, you know, hope you've learned something. Thanks. Come back on the advanced course next week. It's like, hang on a minute. You haven't really taught me how to do my job yet mm -hmm. down at the, at this level where that's, I operate. Yeah. That's the thing you that's know? so and, exciting uh, about this. Sorry, Dave. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. We, 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 you know, we're doing this because we think this is what our industry needs. And it's not because we've dreamt it up. It's because our customers have said, this is yep. what's missing. Yeah. Bingo. Um, I love that. You know, that human-centered design element, human-centered product yeah. development, you know? So yeah, how yeah, is it being received? How is the market receiving it? Are people excited about it? I know I'm excited about it, but how about others? It's under development right now, but we are talking to customers and they're going, yeah. yep. Yep. Thanks very much. Exactly. Thanks for listening. That's what we're getting yep. the most of is thank you. As I've said to a lot of people, it's sort of Jill Network and Joe Support 
for the last many years, we really haven't had an essential kind of course like this that's going to give them some tangible skills that they mm -hmm. go back on Monday and just start making small incremental improvement. We had a customer, you're asking Matt about, you know, what, uh, what's been the response so far. It's all still under development. It'll be launched in the new year. But we had a customer last week saying that they wanted to book a class for uh, 20 of the middle man management level people, uh, which was ITIL for foundation. Uh, but the people who reported to them, they were not planning any training. And now they've got something and they say, okay, we'd like a class for these guys now, or multiple classes. So that's exactly how we see this fitting in. You know, the neglected masses have been having their needs met and, uh, you know, we're very, we're very, uh, very confident that this is something that's going to uh, have lots of legs because uh, it's been a, it's been a big gap for quite some time now. Yes, I like that. You're right. People are just waiting for something to be there so they can get it. And you mentioned it is launching next year. Is that yeah. um, is that the actual launch date? Is January first, January second? So we're do we're gonna do our yeah. basically our train the trainer friends and family. Um, First week of January, it's already full. Um, we're also doing another class, public class in February, which is filling up with organizations that are coming in to scout and evaluate it. Uh, we also do have boats okay. out for multiple dedicated classes for uh, beginning of Q2 next year. So it, it, there was a need for this. And so it feels really good. Plus, mm -hmm. it you know, uh, looking at the other foundation level courses across our portfolio, this is a shorter time commitment and cost less money. And I love being oh, able nice. to put that into the mix. So it was like I was talking about before, you know, working oh, with yeah. clients and being good stewards of their training plans. I feel really good about this. I feel like the value for the money is something I'm proud of and excited for. Awesome. That's great. Because that's, that's why we do this, right? You guys mentioned it, you know, um, and our, our industry will improve because of it. So thank you for your efforts and for putting forth this new content. Where can people connect with you guys and learn more? David? www. Do you ever say these lot, those, that word anymore? www. It's at pinkelephant.com. Pinkelephant.com. Matt, i got to tell you, I really love your enthusiasm. You get excited about the least little bit of thing. Everything excites you, doesn't it? Everything. <laughs> hey, that's why I'm in this industry, because I do love it. And, and we, need, we need these saving graces. We really do. Because without it, we don't have good business. And so um, I see things like this come along, and you just know that the industry is going to heal in a mm -hmm. way. It you has know? felt pretty fractured. Because you, you yeah. guys see it every day. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. People are suffering. And there, there's, um, there are some great organizations that are trying some amazing things and having some amazing results. And thankfully, if you're connected to those people, you're learning through them. Um, and that's why I started this podcast. It's sort of a, a, an excuse to catch up with people who are serving our industry and to share these beautiful stories of people making uh, good progress. Lisa, where can people connect so with you and learn more? LinkedIn, um, Lisa Howard Schwartz on LinkedIn is the best place. And then company website is itsmacademy.com. Thank you so much for being on Ticket Volume, it's both of you. It's our pleasure. You're very welcome. Thanks a lot, Matt. Good luck. 
And to our audience, thanks for listening to this episode. We've got a bunch more out there and more to come. We're also planning out next year's schedule, so make sure you get involved. Let us know what you want to learn. Let us know what you want to see. We're on video now, so we can show you things. We can do things. We can build things. But I need you to get involved. Follow us on our LinkedIn page. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe and Hit learn that subscribe more. Button. And speaking of that, did you like this episode or want to share feedback? Please leave us a review. This will give us an algorithmic advantage. This podcast is brought to you by Invigate, the all-in-one IT service and asset management system that helps organizations with world-class IT support teams. If you're looking for a solution to IT operations without the headaches of expensive implementations and long go-lives, you're going to love Invigate. In fact, IT teams from some of the biggest school districts and financial services companies use Invigate to automate workflows, standardize work, and discover network devices so they can focus on delivering better service. Because remember, good service is good business. Yeah.